Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Hello, and welcome to episode 30 of the Craft to Career Podcast. This week we have a guest on the show who runs a unique business, especially attractive for small business owners. We are going to jump into how you can hire and what you what happens when you hire someone who can take over some aspects of your business, freeing up some mental space for you to focus on the things that you are needed for, that need you to be present. We're going to look at having someone take over social media for you, help with your website, your emails, so that you can be present. And before we jump into that, I will be sharing this week's review that was left on the website, and it comes from Emily Christensen. Emily says, I have been loving your podcast, Elizabeth. What I love about every episode is how you and your guests continuously come back to similar themes of finding what truly brings each of us joy, getting clear on why we're making what we make and who we're intending to share that with, and then not being afraid to say no and or letting go of the rest. It has really been nudging me to get curious about my own creative endeavors and to reflect on how I can become more authentic and let myself come through in the things I create. It feels liberating somehow, and I'm eager to see where it takes me. I'm not planning to start a business anytime soon, but ideas of entrepreneurship always excite me. So maybe someday. Thank you for showing up each week and offering such honest conversations with all of us. Emily Christensen, thank you for this review. And it's especially applicable this week as we are talking about saying no, letting go of some of the aspects of a business, and really focusing on what brings us joy. So with that, let's jump in and let me introduce you to Abby Combs. All right, Abby, thank you so much for being on the Craft to Career podcast. I'm super excited to have you here. So for our listeners, just a little background, Abby and I met from a mutual friend who introduced us with a group of businesswomen. And Abby's just so sweet and genuine. And then I found out what she did for a career. And I was like, okay, we should share this with the world because this is really cool. So for our listeners, can you kind of tell us what you do right now for your business? Yes. Well, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. This is always so much fun. Uh, it's it's fun because you just feel like so legit when someone asks you to be on a podcast. So <laughs> thank you for making my day. Yes. Um, so yeah, so what I do is I own and run a marketing, a digital marketing management firm. So at the core, it's a management firm of marketing things. So we help small business owners handle their marketing so that they don't have to. <laughs> a lot of times my clients are the creative types. They know what their business should look like and feel like and sound like and where they want it to go. But they also know they have to post on Instagram and they have to make emails and they have to update their website and things like that. And it's just another thing on their list. And so I've come in because I have a background in this and I say, let me just take it off your plate. I'll do it for you. So still tell me what it should look like, sound like, feel like, and we'll execute for you. And then also help you su- help support you um, with like trending things, things to do, best practices, some strategies. Um, and we become a partner with our clients with their business. So that is like... 
I can't imagine any small business owner or large being like, no, I don't want that. Like, you know, it's so nice to think of, okay, you just take that over and let me focus on the things I need to be present for. So before we dive into that, though, you mentioned ever so slightly that you have experience. So can you share with us like um, I what what your past is, your business past and how you have experience with this? Sure, sure. So the the long story is that there's there's always been something I've done. Um, never really thought that I needed a career. I didn't necessarily go to and like get a degree in anything. I thought I'll you know get married and have babies, and that's the end. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it really kind of felt that way. I got married and had babies, and then it was the end of Abby as a human. Um, and so <laughs> I always had like something a little bit small. At, at one point, I even um, and I actually shouldn't be telling you this because I don't really know how to sew. <laughs> but at one point I was sewing, um, like nursing covers cause I had, mm-hmm. I was pregnant or I had just had babies and my sisters had, were nursing anyway. And I was like, well, I want to learn how to do that. I mean, can barely sew a straight line, <laughs> but like I was there. And then I coached cheer for a long time. I did cheer all through high school and in college. And so um, I had an opportunity to coach cheer for a few years and then became cheer mom. Anyway, um, so six years ago, actually, as of yesterday, we had a baby that passed away at birth. And after that, um, obviously went into a lot of like grief and depression. Um, and I had a friend who worked at Betty's, which is a zipper bedding company. And she, um, they did trade shows like Pinners, the home show, Christmas shows, things like that. And it was in the spring and she asked if I wanted to help with the trade show. And I think she knew, I always will be a little indebted to her because I think she knew I needed to get out of the house. So um, I was like, yes, I went shopping for the right outfit and I was so nervous. I studied the website to understand like pricing and what this product was and loved it so much. And then um, just helped Betty's up here and there with some of these same thing, trade shows or on photo shoots. They just needed an extra hand. And a couple of months later, they asked that I would essentially come on payroll. Um, and so I came on to help really wherever was needed, but quickly fell into all marketing, uh, the marketing side of the business, I should say. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, things like running the affiliate program, the collaborations department, um, that was one of my first tasks. So working with influencers and sending them product. Then I uh, helped do some social media. So answering comments and messages and posting and um, getting a good calendaring system down. Um, then when it moved into like email marketing and photo shoots, I would, I would run, we, we did photo shoots at the time, like monthly, then it turned into weekly. So we were organizing photo shoots all of the time um, and then still doing events. And then, like I said, moving into email marketing, any email that was created, I either helped with or had eyes on or helped strategize like, you know, uh, subject lines, things like that. And then moved in to have a team that would help do that. And uh, as we grew, which was really fun and exciting to see the business grow from barely four employees to I think they have probably 20 now or something like that. So that was really fun and um, kind of baptism by fire. Like there was a lot going on always something to be doing or learning or helping with. Um, and I had the luxury of doing it while I was what I considered a stay at home mom. And I would almost work, I was working part-time. So then, um, my position grew and they needed my position to go full-time. And at the time I had, he was about a year old. 
yeah, year, year and a half old. And I just thought like, as much as I love this and could work full time, it's not what's right for our family. So I decided mm-hmm. to stay home and I tell people I held still for like five minutes, but, and then this is where East Studios was born. So <laughs> yeah. really it's all back to like, I started working um, not out of a necessity for like financial reasons. It was more of a necessity for mental health and just like, I cannot sit at home all day. And for me, that wasn't fulfilling. My kids were in school at the time. So I needed something else. And it, it really did fill a part of my life, fill a hole in my heart after we lost Easton that nothing else really could. And then just, it was one of those things like, Oh, I'm, I'm a marketer. Like, oh, I do marketing. Like I thought you had to essentially invent Instagram to be considered a, a marketer. But come right. to find out a lot of like scheduling and calendarings and thinking ahead and customer experience. And anyway, there's a long story. That's, that's kind of my whole, how I've come to where I am now. Okay. Well, and I absolutely love, first of all, that you call your company, it's E-Studios, and that's in memory of your son, Easton, who you lost. Is that right? Yes. Yes, correct. So it was. it's funny because um, as I started my business, really, it started by just helping friends and family of like, you know, I don't really know what to post on Instagram or I can't figure out when to send emails. And that was just what I had been doing for three and a half years. So I thought, well, I can help you. And then we... Um, we had decided like, okay, this needs to be an actual, my husband and I, this needs to be an actual business. So let's go for it. And, um, I was like, well, we got to get a name. What do we call this thing? And I, um, because I was in this world and researching, you know, marketing studios and what are they doing? And, and, and can I do this? I was getting ad after ad of all these marketing agencies and the ones that would stick, stick out to me had studios in them. And I was like, that's so cool. And so kind of just after that came to me, like it needs to be called e-studios, like really a huge reason why I started working in marketing was because of Easton. And, um, so, so yeah, that's what that's called. And it's, it kind of was, it's interesting because we help a lot of e-commerce businesses with their marketing. Um, and so the E applies there, but it really is after Easton. And it's, it's surreal when we moved into an office recently and we got this big, um, round sign in our front office and to see like e-studios on a big sign on a wall in an office space was really one of those like, uh, pinch me moments for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. It was really neat. And I think it's cool how things just work out for a reason, like your friend owned Betty's and it was in a time where you really needed something and they could tell that and how those chips fall into place. And now here you are, it gave you the experience that you needed and the knowledge to run with this company now. And so I want to dive into more how you work with people, um, couple of questions that come to mind first are at what point in someone's business would someone reach out to you? I, a lot of my followers are at the very beginning of their business and their journey. And while they would love to hire you, sometimes their budget's a little tight. So what in your experience, like where along people's journey, do they reach out to a company like yours or to you guys? Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I get that question quite a bit actually. And, um, 
And actually, it's good information for me to have too, because I I want to help the small business. Um, as a kid, my parents owned a water park here in Salt Lake City, and so small businesses have like been in my DNA, I think, since forever. So I want to be able to help support that. So if you're if you're brand new and you want something specific, message me on Instagram, and, and we'll kind of work things out, or I can maybe create some sort of product for you, um, eventually. But I think in the typically our clients are making around six figures, or at least they're generating around six figures in revenue per year. Um, enough where they, um, I think I would say like low six figures. So around 10 grand a month, if that's what you're making and bringing in in revenue that way that you can, um, support your inventory things. You can, you're, you know, paying for an email list, you're paying for a website, you're paying for a lot of these things, you know, are necessary to bring in revenue. And then you're ready to really scale or you're like, hey, I want to actually be able to take the weekends off or go on a trip and not let my business die. That's where we come in and where we shine because you can now focus on things that you need to or want to and other things that you've already probably built can continue to um, to roll and to flourish. Um, that being said, we have a lot of clients that are all over the place. We have some clients, I'm not going to ask you like where you get your money. If you're going to pay your invoice, <laughs> Let's work together, right? And I want to help strategize. Um, I have some clients that um, have other sources of revenue and they're starting something new and they need a lot of consulting or strategy work. And we do that too. So there's there's something a little bit for everyone. The full management package would be for someone who's generating enough revenue that they have extra that can support our our efforts and our time. Um, but a little something like consulting or just maybe just social media help. If that's what, if you hate showing up on Instagram, it's worth paying us. Cause that's going to bring in some money or some followers and that's worth that money. Um, maybe you focus on websites or emails or, uh, manufacturing issues, things like that. Um, so there's, like I said, there's, there's usually something for everyone, um, that has a little extra money to play with. Nice. Um, so, Let's dive into some specifics. So let's say, because I honestly don't know a single person who loves Instagram and they love posting on it. It's almost like, especially in my little world, they like to create quilts. They like to sew. They like to write patterns or create fabric. And Instagram is sort of an ends to a mean or mean to an ends where it's, they have to do it because it builds that. So what does that look like to bring on your company to hire you and my fear is like, would I lose that connection with the audience? Cause you do connect with people and would it lose that sense of me and the live Instagram, this is turning into 20 questions, but <laughs> the live Instagram, do would someone still submit videos so it can look like it's, you know, what, what does this look like? Yeah, no, those are really great questions. I get this question in almost every discovery call because they want like, please someone else do it for me, but how can someone else do this for me? Especially if mm -hmm. you're the face of your brand. Um, in your world, if your products are the face of your brand, then th that's easy, right? Um, but a, a lot of my clients, they're the face of their brand. So how this usually works is, um, I think for a long time, I underplayed this maybe um, talent of mine <laughs> is mm -hmm. that I kind of mimic someone's uh, language. So we, we do a lot of research. In fact, when you sign with us, we take at least two weeks to do what we call onboarding or discovery phase. And so we look back at what you've already posted. We research your website. We get to know your brand, hopefully almost as well as your, as you know it. Um, 
so we can understand like, do you use emojis? Do you not use emojis? Do you use the pink heart or the red heart? Um, do you use like shortened versions of words? Do you type everything out? Are you a grammar police? Are you not? Like those little things have a, a big play into how we would create one post. Um, so that stuff can be usually picked up without having to have a lot of training. Then we create usually one to two weeks worth of content talking specifically about Instagram. Um, And then we work through our, um, I call it an organizational communication platform. um, And we communicate there and you actually, the client approves every post. Now, most of our clients about, I would say six to eight weeks into it, they kind of give us the green light. Like, Hey, mm-hmm. the last eight weeks have been great. I haven't had to edit very much. Go for it. Yep. And then we have to get approvals all the time. And we do um, always aim to be two weeks ahead. So there's a lot of batch work with us. Things that as a business owner, you know, you want to do and do batch work, but you also have 700 million other th- little things to do. Yep. <laughs> um, so we do that batch work for you. You approve them, you make edits, and really it's kind of on-site training. So any any other employee you would hire, even if they sat next to you at your desk, you'd have to train them. We actually take quite a bit of training out of it because we've done this so often, we know what to look for. And then the training you do give us is like, oh, I wouldn't use that, I would say this. Or that product actually is called this, or I reference it this way things like that, that you just help tweak us. And then by us seeing it and the way our tools work is that it's kind of like a text back and forth. And so we can actually see what we did, what you edited and how we should do it going forward. So it's a lot of training that way. Um, Mm. And then as far as like content creation, we usually give our clients a marketing calendar 30 days in advance. And in, in that tells you, I need you to create video content for a reel that's coming up in two weeks, or, um, this is the day you're going to hop on and do an IG live that only you can do, but it's scheduled for you. So you don't have to think about too much. You just scheduled to do that. Um, things like taking your IG lives and downloading them and making them into reels. We just take care of, um, So yeah, any of the video content we would need from you specifically, we tell you, and we have you usually film everything and send it to us. And then we plug it where it needs to go. Um, Things like Instagram stories, we say like, Hey, hop on this day and talk about X, Y, or Z. And you can choose to hop on that day and talk about it, or you can record it early and send it to us and we'll upload it for you. So yes, you're involved, but you, we take a lot of the brain work out of it. I mean, batching, this is something that for about five years I've been like, I'm going to do it, but I don't have to. And so I'm like, nah, it's not a good time. So that in and of itself being forced to get content done ahead of time, but also the beauty of, I don't have to post. I don't have to worry about engaging for that first hour or whatever, you know, and going on vacation without like, well, now everything's gone, you know, like engagement's going to go down and blah, blah, blah. So just being able to like, you know, that sounds like music to my ears. (laughs) And then I'm wondering about like DMS and comments. How, how is that? I, I would be worried about like a, they would know it wasn't me, which it sounds weird saying that, but, and then would I lose that connection with people, you know? Yeah. So we have some clients where they like, don't love posting. So we'll take care of posting, but they love their DMs. So they stay there and we don't answer those DMs. 
or um, usually in, in a in your DM folder, you have a primary and a general folder. And so the ones that are like maybe your close friends or your family, or let's say you're in like a little um, networking group that you really like some of your close friends, we put that into one folder and then we work off of the other folder. So we can create systems that will work for both the client and us. Um, and it's not just a one size fits all. That's why usually the process is take a discovery call with me. I get to understand what you ideally want. We talk through a little bit of pricing and then I give you a proposal. Like, here's what we'll do for you based on what you need, what your budget is, um, what our cost is. And then we go from there. So um, yes, we can answer all messages and comments that come in. That's fairly easy because a lot of it we can learn from the voice and we get to know how you would respond. And then you know, there's a, the initial setup is a lot of like, Hey, screenshot this question. Hey, how would you answer this? Or I'm thinking of saying this, does that fit with what you would say? Um, and then again, it's that little bit of on-site training, but not as much if you were to hire, like, you know, right next mm-hmm. to you and, or someone made without this experience, I should say. Yep. And okay. A couple of things that I'm curious if you offer, I'll just mention it and you can say, yeah, we do that. Or no, we don't. Yeah. Uh, SEO. Do you help with website SEO? No, we don't do SEO. I know enough to help you. So when it comes to like writing blogs, especially if you're on a Shopify site, I can strategize if blogs are a good idea or not. Or especially as we do a marketing calendar, we can say, oh, this is a great opportunity to do a blog and let's link back to it. So that kind of falls under the SEO world. But Mm -hmm. taking like keywords and plugging them where they need to go, that's not my expertise. But um, we know enough to help strategize like, oh, this will help your SEO. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like, I need SEO help specifically. We then say, let's find you someone to do that. Right. Outsource that. How yeah. about Pinterest and using Tailwind with Pinterest? Okay. <laughs> I don't even know if you know what that is. You probably yes. do though, because this is your world. <laughs> Totally. Yep. Again, same kind of thing. I know enough. And we actually, some of our clients will maintain your tailwind cues for you. So making mm-hmm. sure you have you know, like 30 to 40 pins a day, just maintaining that almost tedious efforts that you would have done. Yep. We can do that for you. Um, Pinterest like strategy or planning ahead or what needs to be posted now. And it's going to pick up at, at certain months. We don't do that. I, I have a great right. If someone is needing it, but again, we can do the management and execution of it when it comes to strategy. Uh, we'd have to find someone for that. I actually didn't even know that there was a Pinterest strategy. So now that you're mentioning there's someone who does that, I'm like, what? Like I yes. was just thinking the tailwind cue. I didn't, there's like, of course there's above and beyond. Wow. Did again, not know that. Like I've talked to my clients a lot lately about good, better, best, but there's like a good way to do things, right? Like post a couple times a week on Instagram, like push out content. Great. A little better is like, let's post every day. Let's do reels. And best would be a real every day, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's like, same thing with Pinterest. A good and maybe even a better level would be, let's be pinning every day and get that going. And then the best way to do it is with some strategy. And again, I don't know enough to speak to that, but I do have someone who's awesome and super detailed and can help walk you through the strategy you should have based on the Pinterest giant that it is. Yes. And it is. And I don't understand it all, which is why I like to hire. Well, I say I like to, I've not hired it out. I would like to hire it out. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, um, So can we talk about price? Do you have a set price? Is this something where you really only talk about that when someone comes to you and you customize it? How does that work for someone? 
Yes and no. Uh, so like I said, it's not a one size fit fits all. And it's also not like a package A, B, or C. Um, and I have just found that someone, like I said, is like, Hey, I hate posting, but I love my DM. So I can't charge them for a full Instagram package. If they're going to take out hours of work, right. That doesn't mm-hmm. seem fair. Um, or if they're like, I never want to open my Instagram again, then that's going to require more time than just doing a couple posts a week. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also depends on the size of your account. Um, Again, we don't come in, we're not necessarily growth strategists. So we don't say, hey, we're going to grow you to 10K or we're going to hit you to 100,000. We're not doing that at all. It's our specialty is customer experience, really. Mm-hmm. That being said, um, depending on where you need the most help is where we will tailor a package to you. Now, my prices in the past have gone up drastically since we've started. So I'm happy to discuss pricing, but just know that if this airs in a year, it may be different. True, (laughs) Um, that's true. But most of my packages start around $1,500 a month. And that usually includes a couple of posts a week on Instagram, um, maybe a couple of emails uh, a month. And then also we run affiliate programs so we can reach out to influencers to have them post about your products, um, manage affiliate platforms um, like Lead Dino or Voila or things like that. Um, we help with Shopify management as well. So uploading even new homepage banners or uh, subscription platforms, um, tweaking product descriptions, uh, anything from adding a product to taking it away to creating whole, all new landing pages to actually building you a whole new website, we can do. Again, why the pricing is kind of all over the place. So I would say clients are paying between $1,500 a month to $5,000 a month, depending on how much they're needing every month. Um, and... And also what they're needing. If you're needing, you know, three reels a week and a post every day and stories and engagement, and that's all you want, you're probably still going to be at $1,500 a month or more. Um, But if you want a little bit of every kind of area that we help with, then um, your price will be adjusted from there. So I am wondering, well, I'm taking notes as you're speaking because I don't want to forget to ask anything. But first of all, do people, when they work with you, is there a contract? Is it month to month? So I've been in scenarios before where we get locked into a year's contract and it just doesn't, it's not a good fit. And then you're just stuck paying and like being forced to work together and it's not a good fit. So I wanted the option for both sides to say like, Hey, we're driving. This is great. Let's keep going. And also like, we're not driving and I don't need to take your money if I don't like working with you. And I don't want you to feel like, I guess I have to pay her, even though I don't like working with her. So we do a initial three month agreement. Um, And so we ask that you stay on for three months so that we can at least get the ball rolling. Anyone who knows marketing knows that it's very much a long game. I would say it's, I would love a year contract, but like I said, this needs to work for both parties. Um, So three month agreements that we can get up and going, fine tune what it is that we help each other with and how we help to what extent. And then after that, it goes to month to month. Um, If you wanted to lock in maybe better pricing and wanted to sign a six month or year contract, we're definitely open to that as well. That obviously helps us to make sure we're staffed correctly and have the hours for a client. Um, And then we we offer a discount for your monthly fee. Um, 
And, and that kind of leads into how pricing works. So, um, or at least how we pay. So we charge a monthly retainer and that's just based off of your deliverables. Um, in your proposal, it lists out exactly in each area what you'll be given for that price. And then we, with everything comes reporting. So you do pay upfront for the month and then you get the deliverables each month and you get a, a weekly update and then a monthly monthly reporting. Things and like those- open- all that. Perfect. Yep. And so you also mentioned email. Do you guys do, do you write email and do email funnels, welcome sequences, that kind of a thing or all kinds of emails? Yes. Yep. We do all kinds of emails. So we do everything from your automation. So yeah, initially we start with a welcome sequence. If you already have that, we move into, is there a post-purchase sequence? And then even things like sales and promotions, especially with Black Friday coming up, Everything you need to launch a sale, send a reminder, send a last chance email, and then um, all of those, we actually can do everything from start to finish. So creating the graphics, creating the copy, putting all the links in, um, watching your open rates, your click-through rates, strategizing how to increase those, or if they're healthy enough to stay where they are, um, all of that we we walk through and can do for you. Okay. Even right now, you just said a post-purchase sequence, email sequence. I don't even have that. That's amazing. Why have I not thought of this? So these are, and for our listeners who don't know what that means, can you explain what, what that would look like or why someone would do that? For sure. Yeah. Especially in e-commerce. Um, we want to be able to talk to your audience as often as we can without being annoying. Um, and, and I'll tell you that really my whole approach to marketing is customer experience. So if anyone's like me, I live and die by my emails but I actually hate emails. Yep. <laughs> so old Navy, stop emailing me three times a day. I'm not ready to shop with you, but they have the budget to do so. And they actually have a whole other, their own IP address. So they're able to do that side note. But for us, smaller businesses, we work off of maybe a MailChimp, a Clavio, um, flow desk, things like that. And we want to be able to talk to our audience as often as we can, like I said, without being annoying. So I mm-hmm. always approach it. It's funny. I end up being my audience, my, my client's target demographic. So mm-hmm. I always think, would I open this email? Is this something that would catch me enough to open it? Um, and then be having the experience that I have, I can say, this is a good subject line or let's send it this time or some of these days are better than others. Um, So a post-purchase series is after they buy with you, they're going to generally get an order confirmation, a shipping confirmation, and even a delivery confirmation. That all usually comes through your online platform like a Shopify. Um, Mm -hmm. Beyond that, there's still things like how do they wash their product? How do they get a hold of customer service if something breaks? Um, How do they reorder or if they bought the blue sweater, they need the um, jumper to go with it. How do they buy the jumper? Um, something like that. So this is a great opportunity to say, hey, we're here for you. We're we're friends now that you bought with me. And I'm going to tell you how to wash your item so that it doesn't fade or rip or get ruined or whatever. Um, but then you're going to use this opportunity to maybe upsell a little. So yes, you bought the blue sweater. Here is your khaki jumpsuit that you need to go with it. It's so cute. Here's how to style it. Click this button to go buy. Um, before that though, I would suggest your post-purchase series includes at least two to three emails. The first one being like, Hey, thanks so much for buying with us. We're a small shop and we really appreciate it. Just so you know, we're always here. Here's our customer service email. 
And here's our uh, phone number if you need it, if you have a phone number. Um, and here's our hours. And we're here to answer any questions. Or maybe it's a link to your FAQ page. And then email number two in your sequence should probably be like a, um, a washing instructions. Um, anything from bedding to clothing to um, makeup brushes to um, scissors, however you take care of your product, let's tell them how to do that. So really the point here is like the customer hopefully feels like, hey, they're not banking on me ruining something to come by again. They really do want to help me get the longest life out of it. And it creates such a great customer experience. And then your third one can be generally an upsell. So the sweater and jumper example, I don't even know why that's an example that doesn't really make sense in my head, but <laughs> it's wrong with it. But it's like, hey, you would look so cute in this, or this goes really well with this, or because you bought this product, now you're going to need a refill, or you're going to need um, this companion, or this lipstick looks really great with that sweater. Something where you have an opportunity to say like, hey, we have your trust and your loyalty, or something else you may be interested in. So that would I be love like your- it sequence. And for my audience, I'm thinking for that second email, something that's super applicable would be if they sell quilt patterns to say, here's some questions. If you're wondering, you know, if you're reading the quilt pattern, just to make sure it all makes sense to you, have maybe a little tutorial in there or something, which I think is so cool. And then, or a fabric shop, how to care for your fabric. That's such a great idea. I've never seen that. And then- If you love this pattern or if you like the fabric, be sure to check out my other patterns in the third email. So I like it. I like it. Exactly. Especially the the communication should be like, if you were sitting with this customer at a shop, what would you say to them? You would say like, oh, this will be so great. And after you get done with this, you're going to want this pattern or this next one should be on your list or you're a beginner. Okay. Start here. Like think about how you would actually communicate to someone in real life that should, Mm -hmm. um, come through in your email marketing too. Yeah, I really love that. So I've meant, or you've mentioned that you work with Shopify. Do you guys do WordPress too? We don't do WordPress. I, I will say that I know enough again to help you. And if you're in a panic, we can help do a few things, but my specialty lies in Shopify. And for a long time, it was kind of, I was trying to spread myself thin and learn all these platforms. And I thought, let's actually just kill it in one area. So we specialize in Shopify and feel like we kind of go, go nerdy with Shopify. It feels very much like home when we turn on a Shopify website. (laughs) Yes. Well, and good for you. I like, that's something that I preach a lot is narrow down, become the expert in one thing, you know, and be the go-to for that. And so that's great. And I use Shopify. So great. (laughs) That works out well. Um, Then, okay. I'm curious, two questions. One, if this is awkward, you don't need to respond. You don't need to say names, but you've mentioned, and I didn't think about it from your side, you have this contract so that you can back out in case it's not working on your end too. I hadn't thought about that. I'm thinking of it from my end. Have you ever had to cancel a contract because it wasn't working out on your end? It's funny because the answer is not exactly, but every time that that's happened, a client has left. Um, I, for about two weeks before I'm like, something is off. And, and I, if anyone's familiar with the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram too. There's a big part of me. That's a two. And I just love to help people. And so it's not really in my nature to go to someone and be like, Hey, don't love you. So peace out. So I'm like, how do I make 
work? Is it me? What else can I do to help them? And usually about two weeks later, the client's like, hey, finances have changed or something happened to my family. I have to close or um, I got to go a different direction um, or we've hired an intern and that's going to be you know, more cost effective for us. It's never really been like, a, hey, I don't like you anymore. Mm-hmm. It's been like, this isn't working out. And I will have felt it before. And then the client will say, uh, not really working out. And then that's when we split. But yeah, I haven't ever yeah. had to say, I don't like you. Um, right. <laughs> so that's I can't see you ever saying that per se. Yeah. <laughs> I really couldn't. I don't think I could. I mean, <laughs> It's never say never, I guess, but I I love also taking discovery calls. We usually do a video call. So you get to see like what I look like and sound like, and then I'm an actual fun, cute person, I think. And I get to see you and like, we kind of get to feel each other's energy through the screen. And then at that point, there's been clients that I'm like, uh, I don't think this is the perfect fit. And I don't even Mm -hmm. want to take their money. And that's like, no, it's going to be beneficial for both parties. So yeah. Is it generally a mutual thing? I feel like you can sense that or has it ever been so where someone's like, yeah, let's sign up. And you're like, uh, don't know about that. Or I don't know how you would even address that. (laughs) I think it's generally mutual. Um, There's been maybe one or two times that someone has come to me and I'm like, Hey, this is awesome. And as much as I know you could pay me and I want to maybe take your money. You don't really need me. Or there's been a lot of times where um, a small business is like, I can't really afford it, but I'm let's do it anyway. I'm like, uh, I'm not going to take your money. Um, because then actually the expectations are way above what we do and really above what any other marketer would do. So, Mm -hmm. um, that's why there are some criteria that you have enough revenue coming in that you can support the invoice. Um, and it's not this like, you know, here's a dollar, make me a thousand. It's like, Hey, let's make this work. And you're here to offload so that I can do other things in the business. That's the best thing. So yeah, there have been times through a discovery call that I'm like, yeah, I probably should just tell you I will take your money, but I'm not going to take it just because you're willing to give it to me. So, and that's actually a very interesting point that if it's a really tight budget that I had, again, hadn't thought of that, but that there might be more expectation because money is so tight that they would want like you to perform miracles for them where it's like, well, really, you know, this is. Exactly. And there have been that, that has happened before where we're like, Hey, we're actually meeting the deliverables. Exactly. We're posting, Mm -hmm. creating emails and maybe your email list didn't grow as fast as you thought, but that wasn't ever necessarily decided that if you don't hit this number, then we're done. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, expect kind of miracles to be accomplished. And we're saying we're doing what you contracted us to do. I can't promise miracles. I wish I could, because I'd probably be a billionaire. (laughs) (laughs) And then I'm curious how you hire staff. So I've been following you on Instagram and your office and you've got your girls that work with you. And do you hire often? How do you find people? How does that look? Yeah. So, um, it's been interesting for sure. At the very beginning, it was like, wow, this is, this is growing. Okay. Wow. I need to work more often. Wow. I need to work full time. Okay. I can't work full time or my nanny can't do full time right now. So, um, let's hire help. And I was in a networking group and put it out to them. Like, Hey, if you guys know of anyone looking, um, 
let me know. And then they actually posted a little graphic for me on their own stories, which was super helpful. And that's how I found my first employee. Um, and so stranger, and it worked out nice. She was in school and she needed an internship anyway. So I was able to get what I needed, but it benefited her as well. And she's still here and she's now my lead account manager and it's been great. Um, every other employee since then has had their own unique story. And I love that so much. I mean, if I think back at my own journey, it's how I ended up getting a lot of my own jobs is like someone knew someone, or it wasn't like a very typical go online, fill out an application. So for me personally, I've loved referrals or, um, someone forwarded an email to me. So there's been kind of some random ways that they've come, but um, we actually shift our business model because in the very beginning we were having people pay in the rear for their work. And so we got to where I had to pay employees up front. And before I had my clients pay, cause I would mm-hmm. have an of clients that signed, but I'd go four weeks without getting paid, but I'd still have to pay my girls, but I'd have to hire a bunch of staff to fulfill on the deliverables. Um, and it, so it became kind of a cash flow issue on our end too. So we've now switched that where you have, clients now pay up front. And then that allows us to really get the support and the people we need to have in place. So we're not scrambling like, crap, we actually don't have a place for you. And I won't until you pay. So this is nice where I can say, okay, I can budget monthly. I um, can budget ahead for hours worked and say, we have a new client signing um, or they have signed and we can now bring people on to support the influx of work. So in the past, it was a lot of scrambling of like fulfilling on, on a need. And now mm-hmm. we can kind of forecast a little better that, okay, we have two clients that just signed. We need another person. And then we can go hire appropriately. So, Okay, that's really cool. I mean, it's very interesting from a business standpoint because it's very different from what I do as a business. Yeah. But I like hearing these kind of different industries and how they work and because sometimes that might be applicable for me, you know, to think about paying on the front end rather than the back end. Okay. I do also want to ask, so you mentioned, I've heard a few things here. You have had, or you have a nanny, you have young kids, your husband, I don't know, does he work somewhere else or work for you? Okay. Yeah. That's, those are your questions. So my husband has his own job and he works like a very typical nine to five. And for actually the last, okay, two years ago, he, his company shut down and he had worked in that same industry with the same owner for almost 12 years. And they did, um, real estate seminars essentially, and they traveled everywhere. So I was, he was gone most of the time he traveled for work, I should say. So he would leave on a Monday or Tuesday, come home Saturday, leave again, Monday or Tuesday, come home Saturday or Friday. And, and so makes would, would ebb and flow. But, um, so yeah, we have, we have three little kids plus our angel baby. And he traveled from like right after we got married until two years ago where his company shut down. And right. I had just decided to do my business and get that started. And his company shut down about a week later. And so it was like, wow. Oh wow. Okay. Um, well I'll, push this and see what will happen. And if anything, it'll pay our mortgage, right? So it was enough to pay our mortgage. It gave us a little cash. We were super fortunate that a month after he lost his job, he got a job replacing his income and he runs a sales team for a packaging company um, here local in Utah. Um, And he, he always says he sells empty boxes, (laughs) but everything (laughs) from like 
boxes to labels to um, poly mailers, things that probably a lot of your audience will need as well. He mm-hmm. does all that. So he runs his company there or that company and then um, is very supportive in what I want to do. And he is kind of my sounding board and walks me through a lot. I mean, obviously he's been in the business world for his whole career and um, gives me a lot of advice and helps me, helps me make decisions and strategies on the business end. Um, but he doesn't work here in the business. Um, okay. And then, yeah, we have three young kids. We have a 12 year old daughter, an 11 year old son, our angel would be six. And then our little guy's almost four. So my big kids are in school you know, all day. And for a long time, I was like, I'm going to work nine to three, Monday through Thursday, just mom hours. And I'll have my little one run around in the background. Well, it quickly grew to be bigger than that. And so we do have a nanny that works um, almost full time. And she is, we call her like our house manager, really. She runs Mm -hmm. everything (laughs) from dishes to wiping off counters to loving on the babies, we call them and laundry and all the things. And she really helps She's a vital, vital part of our business as well and has become a part of our family for sure. So you there's no lucky. way. You know, yeah, people have asked, you know, how do you how do you run a business? And it's like, well, we're fortunate enough to have a nanny that can help me be here, be total work, e-studios, owner mode. And then I'm able to go home and be totally mom mode. So, but for a long Is time. It? For a long time. I was going to say for a long time, it was working on the couch, working next to the bathtub. Uh, shushing him while I was on calls. He was on YouTube. YouTube has raised this child for most of his life. <laughs> and there's no shame in that. I love that. And so, okay. Also, oh, does she help cook? That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> oh yeah. So, um, if I'm on top of it, it's funny. I've actually let that go a little bit where I love to cook and I, I feel like I'm actually decent at it. I love to have meals as a family, but about two months ago at, well, maybe three months ago as our business was really scaling, my husband was like, you're shopping and spending money at the grocery store to come home and throw it all away. We go out mm-hmm. anyway. So it's just like, don't cook, just go out. Yeah. Let's just go out. And that has actually um, taken a huge load off my shoulders. So mm-hmm. a few nights where I'm on it or I'm like, I'm craving a home cooked meal. I'll have her. Yes. Like throw something in the crock pot, cook up the ground beef, like do enough where I can come home and just make the taco shells or the pasta or, and then she has kind of those bigger things made. So she does help a little bit there, but she'll feed the kids and she does those. I'm meals. having like envy in the best way. I keep, if I could, I, I go through like, if I could have anything, I'd want a cook that makes yeah. nutritional meals, like nutritional, is that a word? Makes nutritious yeah. meals that are ready at all the times. And so just duplicate your nanny if you would and send her to all of us. I'm never going to post about her or tag her. <laughs> yeah. <it's not> her. <laughs> yeah. What's her name? No, just I know, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, she's phenomenal. And I think you, there's a lot of people out there like her. We had a nanny before when I was working at Betty's and she was just as phenomenal and served a purpose then. And, um, we found her through care.com actually. And what's great now is you can just do video interviews and see if it's a good fit and then go from there. But yeah, I attribute a lot of our success to our nanny for sure. Awesome. Well, this has been so cool for our listeners. If they're wanting to find you where, where can they find you? Yes. So I'm on Instagram at E underscore studios marketing. I think you can search by my name too, and it comes up, Abby Combs. And then um, you can email me as well. It's abby at the e studios.com. 
and yeah, send me a message and we can set up calls and chat through who anyone who needs marketing help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been super inspiring and educational. So thank you so much. And you're just a pleasure to chat with. So thank you for taking time out and thank your nanny for us. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast. Yeah. All right. I'll talk to you later. Abby, thank you so much for being a guest on the podcast. I really loved hearing a little bit more about your story. Thank you for being vulnerable, sharing with us where the name of your company came from and just a glimpse into what you do and how this works, what that would look like, especially it's nervous as a business owner to hand over parts of your business to let someone else help with that. Although it is really helpful and at a certain point, almost crucial. It's just nice to hear what that would look like. So if you're wondering how to get in touch with Abby Combs and eStudios Marketing, visit www.quilterscandy.com and view this episode of the podcast. It's episode 30 and it's called getting help with social media with Abby Combs. And if this is something that interests you, if you have a lot going on and you're wondering how can I manage my time, also be sure to check out in my shop, the weekly planner that I offer. I designed this specifically with creative entrepreneurs in mind. Each planner that you order comes with some ideas of how to manage your time, some top things to focus on so you know how to manage your time and what you should be focusing on first, and each one is under $10. So that you can find on my website at quilterscandy.com under the shop, and it is the weekly planner. And be sure to rate and review the podcast. It's just like with SEO of a website. There are certain things that help a certain blog get found more. And the more that people like or rate or review the podcast, the more people can find it. And I am all about sharing and letting everyone know what's out there, hear the tips, have success. I believe that there is room enough for everyone. So if you are in that boat, you share the same ideas and sentiment, then be sure to rate and review the podcast, take a screenshot, share it on your social media, let people know that there is a cheerleader out there, that there is a community of people who believe in them, that if you're an entrepreneur with dreams, there is a place for you. And be sure to check out next week where I have a brand new episode of the Craft to Career podcast. Until then, have a wonderful week. Mm -hmm.